It's Crypto Talk, and we're taking your calls. Ryan in New Hampshire, you're on. What do you think? Where's Bitcoin headed? Well, I think it's going to go down. Oh, really? Interesting. And what makes you say that? Just seems like it will, I guess. Oh, I hadn't thought of that, to be honest. Well, what about you? Personally, I think it's going to go up. Oh, why? Because it did before, and it feels like it might do it again. Well, that is a good point, but what if it goes down? The data suggests it'll go up. What data? Like like uh, what I think it'll do. Mm, that's a solid argument. I, I, I wish there was something more empirical to help me reach a decision. Oh, uh, yeah. Hey, how do you feel about Dogecoin? Definitely down. Oh, why? I don't like dogs. I had not thought of that. I need to hang up and sell all my Dogecoin. And while you're at it, I would get out of Ethereum and get into Stellar Lumens. Then you might have enough money for an NFT. What the fuck is that? I don't know. You're listening to Questionable Material with Jack and Brian, a mostly improvised podcast produced in New York by Jack Helmuth and Brian Sack. QMPodcast.com. Bucky's. Hi, I was wondering um, if I could get a takeout order. Yes, you may. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Um, do you have any specials on right now? A mushroom soup with toast and uh, blue cheese croutons. Wow. That sounds really good. Yeah. Well, I, I tried it this morning. It was delish. Oh, okay. Um, great. Uh, I'd love one of those soups. Mushroom and then um, mushroom. I'd love a- uh, Please, please, uh, please stop talking. Please stop talking. I can't multitask. All right. I wrote down M-U and you're, you're just babbling away. Let me finish the mushroom soup entry and then we can proceed from there. Dig? Yeah, yeah I dig. Don't be angry. Don't yell at me. S. O. O. M. S. O. U. P. W. I. T. H. B. L. E. U. What are they? Croutons? Yeah, croutons, you said. Yeah, I don't know how to spell croutons. Hold on a sec. Let me talk to uh, Agatha. Agatha. Croutons. What? Uh huh. Oh, okay. Oh, you? Oh, you? Crow? Okay. Oh, croutons. Okay. Uh, let's see. So we have how many of those? Just the one. Just one. Okay. One. And then uh, oh. I would also like. Wait, wait, wait. One second. O N E. Okay. All right. I'm ready for you. Are you? Yep. Mushroom soup one. Mushroom soup with. Is the- this your first day? No. What are you talking about? Jeez, I've been, I've been strolling through these doors for the past 14 years. I don't mean this to be critical. You seem a little slow on the, on the taking of the orders. It feels like that might, I don't know, hamper your business. No, I think you're mistaking precision for uh, slowness, which, you know, I, I, is kind of, uh, kind of uncool to even suggest, you know, because I like to get things right because my, the last thing I want is this ticket goes to the kitchen and, mm-hmm. and they don't know how many of these soups and they don't know it's the mushroom soup with the toasted blue cheese croutons. You know, right. They, they, so, so don't please, please don't do my job. Just do your job, uh, customer and, and order and tell me what you want. You want the one mushroom soup with a toasted blue cheese crouton. I got it. All right. So s- stop with this, this 
slowness crap. I mean, maybe just write one, the number one daily soup. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? I'm in, I'm in shoe sales. You're in shoe sales. Okay. So why don't you uh, do a size 11 instead? Oh, why don't you lace it like this? Put the lace uh, like a zigzag instead of the, the straight line at the bottom. Why don't you double knot yourself? Shoe dick. Golly. We got one mushroom soup with a toasted blue cheese crouton. What else? Could I please get the fettuccine Alfredo uh, extra sauce? And could I get some uh, green onions on that as well? Yeah. This is going to take a while. <laughs> Hi, Brian. Hi, Jack. How are you? You know, I'm pretty, pretty good. Uh, that's a huge relief to me. How are you? Um, I'm fine. You know, You're as fine. fine as I ever get these days, I guess. Uh, are you in the dumps? I mean, sh- yeah, sure. Are you feeling blue, as we say in the psychology business? Uh, y- yes, I-, I didn't realize you were in that business, but yeah, maybe a little bit. Sure. I dabble in it. I dabble oh, in d- psychology. Yeah. Oh, cool. Cool. Have a little practice. And I dabble in depression and I have a lot of practice at it. Oh, is it real depression or just like I'm in a bad mood depression? What's the one where you're in a bad mood for a couple of years? Uh, adolescence. <laughs> Okay, maybe that's what I meant. Okay. okay. Second adolescence is tough. They, you know, they don't talk about it a lot. You know, I got through the first one and it wasn't great. It wasn't the worst, but you know, there's not a lot of help for this one. No, I know. They don't, they don't really, you don't, you don't hear about it. It's kind of like miscarriages and you don't hear about it until you have one. Yeah, uh, cool. Well, tell me about second adolescence. Uh, being an expert in this field, um, why don't you tell me about um, some things that, you know, older gentlemen can expect in a second adolescence? Well, you know, second adolescence kicks in around the, the 40s, late 40s, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, early 50s. Hey, that's yeah. And, and then, you know, kind of and you might feel you might feel some discomfort in your body, mm-hmm. like soreness. Yes. Uh, fatigue. Mm hmm. Uh, you get very, you know, irate when you, when you hear the word tax. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah it makes what? you angry. Um, Are those just my hormones? Are these new hormones coming into my body and, you know, uh, increasing my vitality? Well, they're not increasing your vitality. What they're doing is they're, they're slowly eroding. They, they eat, mu- they're muscle eating hormones. And, and what they do is they take muscle f- tissue from like your, your, your like your biceps uh, and what have you, and they put it down in your stomach and on yep, your hips. Yes, yeah. My my stomach muscle has grown a lot lately. Yeah, so it's no, and that's not even a muscle. It's so the weight shifting. What they're they're converting the muscle into what we call fatty tissue, and that's going into your your stomach and your hips, and and then um, we start working on your bones. Oh, good. I, I love bone work. You you become more aware that you're climbing stairs. Mm-hmm. Like suddenly your knees are going like, I'm doing some business here, aren't I? Yeah. You know yeah. what? Uh, just the other day, I, I climbed a flight of stairs. Um, you know, I, you know I, I remember like when I, it was such a cool moment. Like I remember I, I started mm-hmm. and then along the way, I, you know, I decided to take a break. Mm-hmm. 
I sent a few texts and I completed my journey. It was like a, a solid, like 15 minute. And I was like, wow, I really accomplished something today. That is what the landing is for in a staircase. That's kind of like a rest area for you. You stop, text, do a little business. Yeah. And then, and build up the energy you need to get to the top. And the other thing that happens is these little anti-growth hormones, they eat the oxygen in your lungs. Okay. So you might find yourself out of breath at doing your minor tasks. Yes. I'm out of breath from this bit. <laughs> yeah, no, I know it's taxing, isn't it? Anti-growth hormones work on your body uh, in a in a negative manner. Okay. Uh, so you might find yourself um, ha- having more difficulty uh, maintaining uh, what they would say is arousal in the arousal yep. maintenance business. Mm-hmm. And that can be corrected by taking pills. Oh, good. So what it's good, it's good to have like a little dispenser on the night table there. Uh-huh. And just the minute, if you make eye contact with your wife and you sense it might go somewhere, just pop a couple of those in your mouth. Oh, man. Downside is if, if you misinterpreted her glance, you know, the next four hours is not going to be pleasant. No, for sure. I mean, I, I think that bottle of pills would be as, as used as the treadmill in my basement. It just It would just collect a layer of dust and just be thrown out because it's like, yeah, I think we're finally ready to use one of those pills and be like, all oh, these expired in, you know, February of 2025. Right. And God knows what happens then. Now, Brian, I know you've been busy um, uh, uh, lately because you've been uh, out protesting Joe Rogan, right? Uh, yes, Jack. I have been protesting old Joe, as I call him. In the That's great. You, you've been down at Spotify headquarters, uh, you know, picketing and stuff. Spotify headquarters, which is at four world trade center where I spent uh, a year. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Right there. I know where they are. Uh, you know, you're, you're clearly you've, you've been in, in the mob and everything and mm-hmm. you're excited mm-hmm. to, uh, to protest. And yeah, I have a few questions for you if you don't mind. Absolutely. So this is the, what the most important issue of our time. It, no, it really is. We want these artists, especially powerful artists like Neil Young and Joan Baez and Joni Mitchell and, and all the heroes. Uh, from yep. whatever years that those were, uh, yep. we we want them to to stand take a stand. But I have removed his music from my iPad. I think I think your iPad did that on its own. I think it just naturally sheds things, sort of like the treadmill in my basement, things that aren't used. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. It's just auto delete. You can that's a feature, right? I know. Uh, I know. John Bon Jovi is planning. Um, to go further than just taking his music off the airwaves, that he's he's planning something uh, really big to sort of show that he's against uh, Joe Rogan and all that he stands for. Would you mind just sort of tell me what Bon Jovi's got planned? Yeah, um, he's changing the actual lyrics of his songs. No way. Yes. Uh, like I, I, you know, I love Bon Jovi. I'm, I live adjacent to New Jersey. I have to hear it. So, right. what? Uh, tell me what what is changing. Well, uh, living on a prayer, for example, yeah, is uh, changing to Joe Rogan is peddling misinformation, and I don't like it one bit. Snap. Can, uh, uh, I'm trying to sort of squeeze that into the melody, sort of like Weird Al style, and I'm, I'm, I guess I'm having a little difficulty. Can you sort of like instead of just saying it, could you mind singing it? Yeah. Uh, could you set me up? You know, it's sort of like, you know, we're used to hearing, oh, oh living on a prayer, right. take my hand and we'll make it, I swear. Yeah. Oh, 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 Joe Rogan a- is peddling misinformation and I don't like it one bit, snap. <laughs> yeah. 
it's not a yeah, it's not perfect, but this is the problem. Uh, you know, we we've heard that song for 30 40 years. Yeah. Right? So it's kind of in your head at, as a certain way. It's in your head, yeah. yes, I'll live it on. So you you know, the new lyrics are going to be difficult for people, especially people going through second adolescence to really get into their head. Oh, gosh, I didn't know this is more my fault. I, okay. Sorry. And, you know, forcing these lyrics into all of his songs. Yeah. It, it doesn't work for every song, but there are other songs where it works. Okay, uh, like, um, Oh good. I'm so glad you set that up. Um, can you think of another uh, song, maybe like a Billy Joel song um, that, uh, that that'll sort of fit in perfectly. Cause I know Billy is really angry. Billy is furious. Mr. Joel has, has said on multiple occasions uh, that he will not allow his music to be played on any platform that has podcasts. He's taking it one step further. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. So podcasts are like breathalyzers to Billy Joel. He yeah. hates them. But he's, he's changing his songs. Okay. Can I, can I hear a, a little bit to of, of yeah. the Billy Joel catalog to see how much he hates Joe Rogan and, and what he stands for? Yeah. Um, so scenes from an Italian restaurant. Love that song. That's honest to goodness. That's one of my three favorite songs of all time is now it's called scenes from an idiot's podcast. <laughs> and it goes something like that guy said, what that guy said, what na, 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 na. I can't believe he said that. Mm-hmm. That guy just lets people talk on his stupid podcast. You know, uh, it's it's more modern than you know sitting around the village at a you know Italian restaurant. Yeah, yeah, and it's again, it, this is a song we've heard for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's going to be hard for us to to really see it. It's going to be easier for the new kids. New, the new kids on the block. How are they changing their music? <laughs> well, Hang Tough is is now Hang Joe. Oh my gosh. They're calling, yeah. they're, they're calling they want, for violence. Hang Joe. Hang Joe. Yeah. Jeez. They're, they're clearly little, calling for violence. I, <laughs> I mean, a little dangerous uh, because I, I got a feeling they're going to get a lot of downloads from the let's go Brandon crowd. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You do one thing and it gets misinterpreted or it gets twisted. Absolutely. It, it reminds me of the time I recommended they used born in the USA uh, for a, a Ronald Reagan rally. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Bad idea, Brian. Uh, he, uh, cause he was um, uh, honoring uh, Vietnam soldiers in the 10 year anniversary of the war ending. Yes. I take full responsibility for that. You've got to listen past the song title. Now I know. This is big, but Chumbawamba has something really big planned that they're planning to do to, to protest Joe Rogan that is really going to move the needle. Can you sort of tell yep. us what they got going? Yep. They're going to they're gonna get knocked down and not get up again. Oh, no. And It's a lion. <laughs> I get knocked down and I'm just staying here until Joe Rogan is deplatformed. They're not going to thump the tub. <laughs> hey, Brian. Hi, Jack. Um, I know you uh, have Olympic fever. Oh, my goodness. I love watching them. I, I, I yeah. record them. I watch them again. 
Well, uh, apparently you're one of the only ones because apparently the uh, the the ratings are way down for mm. this year's. It's down over fifty percent to about twelve point eight million. I mean, for what NBC is paying for the the Olympics, those are not good numbers. Those are pretty low. Yeah, it's not, it's not good. So uh, I know you're on um, the uh, the Olympic Committee for NBC. You've got you know your own internal committee to sort of like mm-hmm. spice up the the Olympics. Is that right? I am. Uh, yeah, they uh, NBC came and hired me to to spice up the Olympics to bring more eyeballs to the television right. sets and screens. Can can we talk about some of the ways, some of the plans that you have to to spruce up the Olympics? Would Would you mm-hmm. mind? Yeah. Oh, that's great. So already, uh, I, from what I hear, you're already planning for the 2026 Winter Olympics, and and right off the bat, you want to get that opening ceremony. Um, to be more exciting, to be more um, electric, to get more eyeballs tuned in where they they can't look away. Would you mind sort of telling us how you're going to fix and tweak the opening ceremony? Absolutely. So normally, you know, you have some big song and dance routine or whatever, and people, you know, pigeons or bats flying around, and yeah, you know, no. all, all all the usual. Oh, when they released the pigeons in 2014, that was awesome. Yeah, they just flew away. Then you heard the sound of shotguns in the distance. And you knew. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, 2026 Olympics are, uh, we can't screw up. We can't, the Mm -hmm. money we're spending on this stuff and we're obligated. We have to ear the Olympics. Yeah. So they said, Brian, what, what can we do to, to make sure that people show up to watch this expensive extravaganza Mm -hmm. that we're doing? And I yep. said, well, first of all, you know, one important thing is where are you holding it? Right. So one thing is the Olympics are supposed to be held. The 2026 are going to be held in Italy. Right. That's right. Well, that's no good. Everybody's seen the Sopranos. They know Italy. So what we're doing is we're moving the Olympics to Antarctica. <laughs> wow. Well, okay. That seems like a good location. What's more winter than Antarctica? Yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, Definitely. That's the land of winter. That and the yes. North Pole. Yeah. And we sent expeditions to the North Pole and to the South Pole. Okay. South Pole came back. So we're going there. <laughs> we, we haven't heard from the North Pole, guys? L- lost contact. <laughs> that's a dark shame. It is a shame. Uh, you know, I had some uh, really good friends from in, in that uh, expedition. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them were from Florida. Mm-hmm. They they didn't adapt well to the cold. Mm-hmm. They didn't pack right. Gosh. I saw it coming when they showed up with a duffel bag and shorts. And I was like, dude, you, you guys are going to the North Pole. You think you're ready for this? They're like, whatever. We're from wow. Florida. Yeah. Sounds like a toxic work environment, by the way. Well, w- w- briefly it was. <laughs> Man, the, the, <laughs> the South Pole's back though. I mean, oh, we're, good, we're doing good, the good. South Pole. So okay. when you get down there, well, you got penguins. Mm-hmm. You love that, right? Yeah, I love penguins. That's They make movies like March of the Penguins. So clearly people uh, gravitate towards penguins. So you're going to watch this, the opening ceremony, an army of penguins waddling down this giant glacier. And okay. then one by one diving into the water. Diving, and then you see an orca 
come out from below and scoop them up in its mouth and then go back underwater. And then the camera goes down and it wow. follows the orca. Yeah. And you're, you're watching the penguin. Uh-huh. As it, the last moments of its life as it's being crushed and, and gnawed and chewed and eventually swallowed. How do you not watch that? I, I, I would have to watch that. That's the opening ceremony. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's great. Thank you. That's really great. Um, okay. So it's, uh, okay. So there's that, but then, you know, the, there's the countries and the flags and the athletes marching, yeah. but they're going to do this on a, on a giant glacier. I mean, that seems uh, dangerous that there's going to yes. be like exposure issues. Yes. It's dangerous. Yes. There are fissures on a glacier. Mm-hmm. You, you fall into one. You're never seen again. Right. You disappear. Yes. So you're going to see all the countries, all the athletes marching down this glacier. Enormous uh-huh. as the camera camera drone is flying over them. And every once in a while, you'll just see somebody drop. And then you'll see everybody else scatter because they're terrified. <laughs> How do you not so watch that? Belarus is walking along and then all of a sudden half the team is just missing. Yep. They're, they're, you just see, you just see the Belarus team waving their flags. And then suddenly you see a flag on the snow and there's a fissure and you know what happened. And maybe the drone hovers over the fissure. Maybe you get a glimpse, uh, a glimpse of, of what's going on, but these things can be very, very deep and dark. Terrifying. Wow. That's really exciting. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, this is, this is an opening ceremony you're going to watch. Also, the other problem we have is uh, most people are going to have to watch it on TV because uh, Antarctica, and I didn't know this, does not have a lot of accommodation. Okay. Okay. Uh, we've you know managed to scrape together an Olympic village. Okay. Uh, but in general, there's not a lot of hotels, restaurants, dining. So it's not a tourist place. Right. That's didn't true. Didn't know this before. I didn't know this. I learned this. Uh-huh. But we're adapting. That's how, how are you adapting with your building your Olympic village uh, in the middle of um, one of the coldest places on earth? Well, I mean, obviously the Olympic Village is going to be built out of the most abundant material uh, that Antarctica has. Uh, which is? Snow. Okay. <laughs> so we, we've got some snow rooms and we're, we're going to adapt. I mean, obviously you're, you're all set for skiing. Yes. The skiing events, no problem. Sure. And uh, the one where you, you ski and then you shoot your rifle biathlon or whatever they call it. Yeah. That's great because, you know, first of all, you know, there's plenty of snow to ski on. And secondly, there are penguins everywhere. <laughs> so how do you not watch that? So, so they're, instead of just uh, uh, skiing along and shooting targets, they have to, they have to down penguins. Yeah. You down penguins and you have a certain time limit. We're adapting some of the sports. Uh, and then you'll just, you'll hang the penguins around your neck <laughs> with a penguin lanyard. So it's it's the skier that comes back with the most penguins around his neck. Gold. No kidding. That's exciting. Second, second highest number is silver. Third highest, bronze. Wow. And, and what's the fourth medal going to be? You guys are adding a fourth medal for excitement. You got to do a glacier jump. <laughs> Wait, is that punishment? It's a punishment for the fourth place. Yeah, it is. Okay. So you got two glaciers. There's a big gap between them, uh-huh. but it's up to you. If you can get enough, enough of a sprint going right, and take a good enough jump, then you'll be on the other glacier. And if you don't, you're down there in the water with the orca. 
I mean, people love steaks. You need steaks like in a movie, like, you know, in a drama. It's steaks are very important. Yeah. And that's all we've got. <laughs> you know, and people are waiting for this. We'll have a little, there'll be a little icon in the bottom left of the screen just saying Stormwatch because a storm can uh -huh. spring up at any time. Now, it, now, you guys are planning something. You guys are basically taking the, um, you've hired away the CNN graphics department where they just track COVID deaths in the uh, lower mm. right hand corner where they just click, 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 click. And you're going to have the same thing on your broadcast. Yes. It's going to ha have a bit of a Hunger Games uh, slash Squid Game feel to it. Yeah. Well, there'll be a ticker keeping track of who's alive and who isn't. That's exciting. So, you know, you're not, you're, you're rooting for your, your country's team. You're rooting for the, the various participants, you know, the athletes, mm -hmm. you know, hoping uh, that they don't get swallowed up in a fissure or a uh, trip into uh, you know, the ocean. Sure. Or freeze to death. If a, uh -huh. a storm kicks in. Yep. It's, it's nothing but high stakes. It's awesome. God, it's exciting. And uh, I know you guys are planning some changes. You know, the, the athletes live in the Olympic village um, mm -hmm. and, and all sorts of stuff goes on in there. They, they find ways to keep warm, let's just say, but you guys are um, planning to broadcast from within the Olympic village, within mm -hmm. the, the dormitories and stuff mm -hmm. as, as a way to boost ratings. What is it? What is it that's going on in there? Are we call it the carnal cam and there's <sighs> going to be one in every, every dorm room. Mm -hmm. And it's a snow dorm. So right. the inclination will be to, to warm up. Yes. And, and how best to warm up? Well, you grab yourself somebody who does the luge. Mm -hmm. The luge people, they're not as athletic because they're just yes. sitting in a sled. Right. So they're a little warmer. They have a little more insulation. Right. Right, right, right. So my, my word of advice to uh, any athletes down there is find the luge guys. Curl okay. up with them. They've got more meat, if you know what I mean. Yeah, they're all, they're all larger. We know what yeah. you mean. Yeah. And the carnal cam will do the rest. You know, you do your magic and the okay. carnal cam will broadcast it, but it's random. It's just going to be a random carnal cam. It'll, it'll t turn on for 15 seconds and then <laughs> switch to a different dorm. So you, wait, wait. So you're sitting down with the family to be like, you know, all oh, my 11 year old loves snowboarding. Yeah. So we're going to watch the snowboarding event. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, as Sean White goes for a trippy flippy dippy. Yeah. He's, we're going to cut away from Sean White and show uh, two athletes doing it. Yeah. If they are. Jeez. Let's be honest. I mean, you, you, watching some guy go down a, a snowboard half pipe, you know, it gets, it gets redundant watching a sl slalom girl with a, with a luge dude. That's always different. That is different. <laughs> That's my plan. A lot of times the Olympics is used to unite nations. That sort of is what it's it's for, is to bring countries together in the spirit of, you know, uh, um, building a, a better world. But yeah. you guys are sort of going the opposite track uh, and doing trying to create enmity. Can you talk a little bit about that and how uh, you're going to use uh, uh, the Russia-Ukraine conflict um, to boost ratings? Well, uh, obviously we're going to, we're going to pair Russia and Ukraine in as many events as possible. Sure. Uh, in the hopes that, um, <clears throat> in the hopes that, you know, something springs up mm -hmm. and we're doing everything we can. We've got uh, the Hutus and the Tutsis. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we're working on that. Right. 
uh, the the Greek and the Turkish Cypriots. Good. <laughs> We're gonna get get them going. Oh my so God. It, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of you know the narco syndicates. <laughs> uh huh. Well, I can't wait to see the Sunnis and Shias in curling. Exactly. That's my plan. And, and you, you guys have a, a new sponsor. Like normally it's like, you know, Coca-Cola and Procter and Gamble, but you have a new sponsor that you're uh, introducing. We have a new sponsor. Yes. Can you tell us about him? Yeah. Uh, Pornhub. <laughs> okay. They felt like, you know, with the in- impl- implementation of the carnal cam, mm-hmm. um, that they were a natural fit for the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Synergy. Synergy. And while the rest of the Olympic committee was pretty much set against it, um, I managed to convince them to go for it. That's great. By putting a carnal cam in their rooms (laughs) and threatening. Oh my gosh. That's boy. You'd belong on the Olympic committee. That's how you get things done. That's, that's remarkable. That's great. Can you tell us um, what you're going to do to make ice hockey a little bit more uh, palatable for uh, audience, a little more exciting where people can't turn away? Yeah. So the hockey puck has a timer. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. From the first moment it's whacked, the timer sets. We don't know. It's a, it's a 12 minute timer. Okay. It'll go off at some point in the next 12 minutes. Okay. You don't know when. Is it going to be? Uh, as it's flying across the ice, is it going to be as somebody is coming up to to give it a good whack? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it going to be as it's sailing underneath somebody? Yeah. Or when the goalie jumps on it? We don't know. Right. But what we do know is the fragmentation puck will eventually go off. And if you're in a, a 20-foot radius, uh, you could suffer uh, serious to, to lethal injury. It's going to be very watchable. And how are you going to make cross-country skiing more watchable? Because there are a few things more boring to do or to watch than cross-country skiing. Uh, pit bulls. You're going to have the pit bulls on the skis? No, you're going to have the cross-country skiers getting the hell away from the pit bulls. Good gracious. Yeah, we've been abusing them for six months. <laughs> They're so angry. Right. And what we do is I, I go into the pit bull uh, pen uh-huh. in full ski regalia. Okay. And I beat them with cr- cross-country skis and poles. You're going to get letters. Uh-huh. Go ahead. So what's going to happen is you're going to have the, the, the nations line up. Mm-hmm. And then 300 feet behind them is a gate. Behind that gate are the angriest skiing hatingest pit bulls you've ever met and we're going to fire a gun into the air uh-huh. and at the same time lift the gate and then it's go time holy cow and everyone will watch that race oh my god i can't wait for the olympics hi brian hello jack last week uh you know we talked about the super bowl and the Super Bowl uh, ads that are coming out, because you've been in advertising, as we've talked about many times on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, in the past, you worked uh, in advertising in the 90s and early aughts. Um, and you've always had a, a flair for it, a skill. And, and you're sort of, 
have rejoined that workforce and are doing a bunch of the Super Bowl ads. Yep. Which is great. And so last week we talked about the new Count Chocula and Best Buy, yep. Rogaine, all those um, all those new ads coming. And, yeah. the, you know, it, that bit wound up being so popular and so informative. Why don't we do it again? There are just some other products that I know, some other companies that are um, mm. advertising this year. Mm. Would you mind just telling us what the ads are going to be? No, I'd hate to. <laughs> Will you do it anyway? Yeah. Oh, God bless you. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, you know, this is strange, but uh, but apparently this year, Desitin is a, is a big sponsor. Yes, Desitin. Would you mind telling me about um, the ad for the big Super Bowl ad for Desitin? It's an, well, Desitin, as we all know, is a, is a cream for diaper rash. That's right. When, you're, when your baby's bottom is, is a little irritated and red, like a drunk man's face. That, that's right. Then you put the cream on the bottom. That's right. It's, and it's the whitest, stickiest paste uh, in yeah. the world. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It takes 20 minutes to get off your hands. Oh, that's terrible. Hands. Yeah. But it works. Yes, it does. Desitin's doing their first Super Bowl ad and uh, I came up with it. Oh, cool. And we're super excited for it. Oh, tell us all about it. Please tease away, as you say. So the idea is that Desitin people think is only for babies. Okay. But you, you know, would think so. But other people get diaper rash too. <laughs> so um, it opens up on a, it's a 37 year old man <laughs> and he's holding a rattle and he's wearing a diaper and he's standing there. The dominatrix is chastising him and calling him a, a very bad boy and a very bad baby. Yeah. And he's crying and crying and sucking his thumb and his rat. And then she proceeds to uh, remove his diaper. (laughs) And his 37 year old bottom is just covered in rash. And welts, I would imagine. And welts. And then the dominatrix, she knows what to do. So she opens up her bag of of goodies. Yeah. She's taking out the paddles and the whips. Yeah. And down at the bottom is a thing of desitin. Mm-hmm. And she holds up the desitin to the camera uh-huh. and then she hands it to the baby. And the 37 year old man says, are you going to put that on me, mommy? And she's like, no, that's not what I'm, you, know, you could never pay me enough. <laughs> Cause she's strictly a dominatrix. There's no, no physical contact. Right, right, right. So wow. she unscrews it and hands it to him and he takes care of business. That's, that's exceptionally strange. I'm not sure. Why, why did you? They monopolized the baby market. And I, I want them to, to know that there are lots of adults out there um, with significant mental issues who dress up as babies. It's I have true. to assume that some and, of those, and that's a new target people market. watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure they would do anything that mainstream, but okay. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And it, it, oddly, you, you you said you had um, uh, two really um, uh, big stars as uh, playing the dominatrix and the baby. Would, could you mind uh, telling us who's playing those two roles? Yes. The dominatrix was played by Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense for her. And uh, the uh, the baby? The uh, Ryan Gosling. <laughs> That's huge star power. Yeah. 
No, they, they, <laughs> they're putting a lot of money into this commercial. And he does a great baby. Uh, yeah, well, he's one of the best actors alive, but that's that's a strange choice. Yep. Okay. Well, Desitin. 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 Um, uh, now, I know uh, that Red Bull. Now, this, 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 thank you. This one makes a little bit more sense. Uh, Red Bull is a sponsor, the energy yes. drink. Uh, yeah. Would you mind telling us about uh, the big uh, Red Bull uh, Super Bowl ad? Yeah. So, um, the Red Bull Super Bowl ad. Sure. Uh, well, Red Bull, of course, their, their logo has been, it gives you wings. That's, yep. you know, and it's filled with like all sorts of great things like taurine and guarana and all these other chemicals I've, I'm not familiar with. Yep. But it tastes interesting. So <laughs> Red Bull is an energy drink. So the scene is set uh, deep in a mine shaft. Okay. The mine has collapsed. Oh no. And there are 37 miners there and they've been there okay. for days. And we see that the camera starts coming down. You see the emergency crews uh, on the ground around this mine. And then the camera goes down into the ground and continues going. And you see the mine shaft has collapsed and it keeps oh, wow. going, 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 going. And it goes all the way down. And then at the bottom, you see 37 miners mm -hmm. and they're, they're trapped in, in this collapsed mine shaft and they're just waiting for help, but they're, they're running low on food and supplies. Uh, the oxygen's not great. And this one guy reaches into his bag and he looks around and he, he sees that he's got a, a can of Red Bull in there. Yeah. So he opens up the can quietly because he doesn't want to share it because it's Red yeah. Bull. It's delicious. And right. he drinks the whole thing without anybody noticing. And then suddenly you see him energized. And he starts just, move, he starts, he runs up to the mine shaft and he starts you know, dick clawing with his bare hands at, at the rocks and the, the coal and everything else and the broken timber and with this frantic energy. Crying. Yeah. He's consuming a great deal of oxygen as he's doing this. <laughs> and then you look around and you see one miner after another fall into eternal slumber because they've run out of oxygen. But he's the very last one. <laughs> and he's still digging and digging and digging. And then he turns around and he says, guys, I don't think we have that far to go. And he turns around and, and they're all, they've all passed. So he rummages through their bags and he gets some more supplies, some more food, there's some water and stuff. And that gives him enough to sustain and, and wait for the emergency crews who finally get to him. And they pull him out and they're all cheering and, and they hold him up in the air. And he just says, Red Bull saved me. Red Bull saved me. That's my spot. That's memorable. Yep. Memorable. Okay. Um, and, and is there going to be a new tagline for that? Like, you know, Red Bull gives you wings. Is, there, is, there, is any, is that going to stay the same? Uh, it's uh, no, it'll be only Red Bull can save you. <laughs> So the idea being like, if you're any, any kind of predicament, you're going to turn to Red Bull. Okay. Whew, boy, it's tragic. It's kind of upsetting. It is sad. It's um, sad for the 36 families. <laughs> Do they get any airtime in the spot? Yeah. So then it cuts <laughs> to a funeral for the 36 uh, fallen miners. And you see... You know, they're all the, the wives and the family, they're all dressed in black and they're looking quite sad. And you see our survivor, 
our protagonist <laughs> in this commercial. Right. He reaches into his bag and he pulls out a Red Bull. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he drinks it. Yeah. And then as they're trying to lower the coffins into the ground, he just runs up and he cranks it really fast. Because he's got so much energy. And just one after one after that, he's basically dropping these coffins into the ground. <laughs> like it was incredible speed. Like the right. like the families don't even get to say bye or anything. It just he drops it <laughs> right in. And I'll goes, do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Yep. And then he just turns, he says, Red Bull, only Red Bull will save you. <laughs> and then he runs off. <laughs> well, that seems in poor taste to say it at that moment to those people. You want to drive it home. Yeah, I guess. I guess so. Okay, well, Red Bull, um, good luck with that one, I guess. Um, Thank you. Apparently, Stay Free uh, has, uh, has has a big Super Bowl uh, buy. So I'm, I'm really excited to hear uh, what you guys have planned for Stay Free. Yeah, for Stay Free. Maxi pads? Uh, yeah, it's, it's a feminine products, yeah. Yeah. So there's, it's a submarine and it's the first lady submarine. Oh, all right. And it's a submarine full of ladies. Okay. I like and it. In, it's a stealth operation mm -hmm. and they're out there in the Pacific. Okay. Close to China. I can't say where. <laughs> so, so this is real? No. And so the submarine is underwater mm -hmm. and it collides with an orca. The orca releases the penguin. And the penguin, still with the last remaining life, uh, claws at the, the side of the submarine and manages to put a little hole in it. <laughs> now the submarine's filling with water. Uh -huh. And the women on this lady submarine, they're freaking out. They're like, we're going to drown, we're going to drown. And then somebody goes, wait a second, we need something absorbent. We'll suck up that seawater and save us. And so they pull out their stay free maxi pads <laughs> and start soaking up all the water. And then they plug the hole mm -hmm. using a device that one of the women had brought in her purse. Uh -huh. Small battery operated device. She shows that in the hole. Sure. And now they have all these soaking wet, stay free maxi pads. Uh-huh. So what do you do with them? They're, they're weighing things down. They're wet. They put them in a torpedo tube. <laughs> they, they shoot it. They shoot the maxi pads out of the torpedo. Uh-huh. They rise to the surface of the ocean. <laughs> just as the fourth place medalist is landing in the, in the ocean because he didn't make the jump between the gap. Uh-huh. Breaks his fall, saves him. Uh, that's combining all sorts of things. It is. So stay free maxi pads are so strong that they can absorb a uh, hundred million gallons of uh, seawater that you're surrounded by. Yep. That's the end of the commercial too. <laughs> but it says the so strong they can absorb a hundred thousand gallons of seawater or whatever you have planned. <laughs> whatever you have planned. Okay. Yeah. Cause I don't, I wrote that cause I don't know how it works. Yeah. Yeah. No, you don't. I know you have no, no earthly idea. 
I mean, maybe the woman calculates. I don't know. Stay free. Uh, stay free. Uh, N95 masks. Yeah. They're getting N95 masks are getting their own Super Bowl ad. Well, yeah, because people need them. Yeah. Do they? Okay. Seems like we're, you know, uh, mask mandates are being lifted e- even here in, in northeastern states. Uh, they're planned to do it in Connecticut and New Jersey over the next uh, month or so. Or mask. Ma- so uh, why so is that? Why N95 is N95 masks are being advertised to because the market is collapsing. We we see that there's a potential loss of demand for the masks. So we want to change the perception. Okay. And so uh, it, the camera starts uh, as a, a baby's crowning. It's coming out of the mother's <laughs> womb and is being, being born right in front of us. <laughs> and, and you see as soon as the baby's head emerges, whack, the, the mask is just strapped onto its face. So 80% of the baby is still inside the mother. You, you can't waste any time. That's what we want to, that's the message we want to get out there. Right. And then we see scenes of this child's life, his first solid food with his mask on, his, his first steps with his mask on, um, his first day at kindergarten with his mask on. Yep. <laughs> and then and we go through his child, his first puberty uh, with his mask on, his first date, first kiss, college, and then he, get, he gets married. He has kids, immediately puts masks on them when they're born. And, <laughs> and then he goes through his second adolescence. <laughs> Uh-huh. He, he he passes away with his mask on. Right. And then we cut to the wake and he's got a, it's an open casket with a mask on. <laughs> and then they close the casket and then there's a funeral and everybody's standing there with their masks on in the casket there. And then some dude runs in super energized and lowers the coffin into the ground. I forgot all your commercials live in the Brian cinematic universe. I like to link them. <laughs> Well, there you go. Uh, great job, Brian. Can't wait to see all your work this Sunday. Thanks, Jack. Enjoy the Super Bowl. You too. Jack. Brian. Uh, you can get paid to read obituaries. Did you know this? I I, I know it from having um, done this bit in the past. Yes. Yeah. You, you read obituaries, Jack. And if you give that person a good send off, uh, you'll get paid by the family or the funeral home. I don't know how it works. Yeah, I'm not sure where the money, but that's fantastic. I, I'm very excited about this. We could use the the money in the in this household right now. So that this yep. is a big deal to us. So I talked to some folks and they are uh, going to have you read some obits. And okay. uh, if you can give them the gravitas they deserve, we get paid. I sent you an obit. Okay. And you can you can read that thing and and honor that person's life. Okay, well, I'm very excited to do so. I've I've never read this before, which mm-hmm. seems like a mistake, but um, uh, I've opened it and I'm ready to go. Please do. Okay. Mary Beth Lawrence passed peacefully into the grace of the Lord Tuesday afternoon after a long, full life of love, laughter, and sexy adventures. She was 98. Mary is survived by her six grandchildren, her sons Jesse and Mark, her daughters Kim and Louisa, and Hank, her husband of 47 years, who she loved dearly, often on video. Hank and Mary were the proprietors of the Granny's Fanny Video franchise. 
launched in 1987 in their garage, Granny's Fanny produced high-quality <laughs> hardcore videos featuring Mary and Hank, her beloved and well-endowed husband of 47 years, 8 inches. Over the course of three decades, Mary and Hank produced over 500 videos on VHS, Laserdisc, DVD, Dual Disc, and most recently for their very own website, grannysfanny.edu. Mary and Hank were a familiar sight to fans of geriatric pornography, and undoubtedly many readers of this obituary have copies of their many, many films stashed in an attic or tucked deep in a drawer. Films like Lick My Liver Spots, Let's do it after I take my medication. Did we just bang? Because my short-term memory is kaput. Nana in heat. Saggy and wrinkly volume eight. Hank gets cuckolded by an Italian stallion. Hank gets cuckolded by a black bull. Hank gets cuckolded by a Latin lover. Hank's all-time greatest cuckoldings. And Indiana Jones and the Temple of Splooge. God. A memorial will be held Thursday evening in viewing room number four at Adult World Bookstore in Parkersville. In lieu of flowers, consideration of a contribution to a charity in her hot memory is suggested. That's a sad for her. It's sad for her fans as well, I would imagine. Yeah, well, she had a good run. We're not getting paid for that one, though, you know. Yeah, I know. That's a tough one to read. It is. I just sent you a second chance. Second obit. All right. Maybe you can land this one. Well, I sure would like to try. I'm going to try very hard because it's, I would like to do this. It's a little embarrassing when I fail. All right. I'm, I'm ready. I've never read this before. Please count me down. All right. Three, two, one. Gravitas. Daniel Sunshine Reardon passed away Monday after a brief skirmish with cancer. He was 52. Daniel was born in Hamish County to the late Rupert Reardon and Ida Simmons Reardon. Mr. Reardon is also predeceased by his wife, Wilma Reardon, as well as his brothers, Kurt and Emmett Reardon, and sister, Claret Himmler. (laughs) Early in his life, Daniel earned the nickname Sunshine because of his eternal smile. He woke up in the morning with a smile on his face, and there it stayed for the entire day. That ear-to-ear grin would always light up any room Daniel was in, and nothing could take that smile away from him. When his beloved wife Wilma was stricken with illness, Daniel was by her bedside 24-7, holding her hand and smiling until she passed. When his brother Kurt was trapped in a burning Chevy Nova with vanity plates, Daniel did his best to rescue him, frantically smashing the car windows and smiling pulling his brother's burning body out with a smile and holding him in his arms, smiling as Kurt expired. When younger brother Emmett was lost in the wilderness for a week, Daniel organized a search party. Even though Daniel was the one who made the gruesome discovery of his brother's fate, his infectious smile lit up the bear cave and warmed the hearts of his fellow rescuers as they retched and vomited. When his dear sister Clara was being mauled by a pit bull, Daniel beat it with a shovel as he smiled. And while Clara bled out on the kitchen floor, Daniel was there, crying and smiling at the tragedy that had befallen them. Daniel attended high school in Waynesville, where his smile made him many friends and never failed to lift the spirits of his classmates. Even as Mr. Uh, Karankas suffered a massive heart attack in front of his history class, Daniel's smile let his classmates know everything would be all right, mostly. 
After suffering terrible headaches for weeks, Daniel went to the hospital where it was discovered a meatball-sized brain tumor was pressing on his hypothalamus, causing his lifelong smile. (laughs) Doctors were able to remove the tumor, and with it, Daniel's infectious grin. Daniel passed away one week later with a big scowl on his face. A memorial service will be held Friday at Riley's Funeral Home, BYOB. (laughs) Huh. Weirds. Weird. The smile, you, you think somebody's happy and it's actually, they've got a meatball-sized tumor there in, in their head. Meatball-sized tumor. I, I'll, I'll never look at uh, sunny dispositions again. You think they might be sick. You see somebody smiling, you'd be, are you okay? Get that checked. Uh, but what a life of tragedy that family has led. Yeah, but he smiled right through it. That's the that's what, you know, but I guess people assumed he was smiling through it because he was just unstoppably happy, but it, it just turns out he, and you pronounce that word magically. For a cold read, hypothalamus. Good, Thank good you for, for you. a cold read. I, I came upon it. I was like, I think I can do this one. Yeah, maybe you can do this hey. one though, because you you didn't get that a bit. Well, but for the hypothalamus read, do you think maybe they're going to be like, well, we'll give him like half of what we're going to give him? Yeah, it's all about the gravitas. Okay, it's not the pronunciation. Fine. I sent you a third obit. Yeah, I just in the got hopes it. that we can land it. Okay. All right, I just got it. Please count me down. I've never read this before. Please count it down. Gravitas in three, two, one. Mary Ann Dunning departed the earth for her eternal celestial buffet on Thursday. She was 39. Mary Ann was born and raised in San Antonio and spent her entire life in her childhood home, which she inherited upon the understandable death of her parents, Clifford and Daria Dunning. For the past two decades, Mary Ann remained at home, rendered immobile because of her size. But not being able to exit her house didn't mean Marianne retreated from society. In fact, Marianne was very active on Instagram and had over 300 followers with whom she interacted daily, sharing funny videos and recipes for quick meals under 10,000 calories. Marianne was also very active in the Healthy at Every Size movement, tirelessly advocating for size acceptance and working from a reclined position to fight fat phobia, fat hate, and fat racism. She was a vocal advocate for uh, caloric equity and the elimination of the food pyramid and measuring quantities, which could be seen as divisive and hurtful by some people. Marianne never married, but loved her cats Oslo, Bennigan, Whisper, Meep Meep, Omar, Moki, Mister, Fluffy, Sophie, Pepper, Rufus, Florence, Dorito, Princess Buttercup, and all the others. (laughs) Funeral arrangements are forthcoming, pending the lease of some equipment and the hiring of a contractor capable of rem- <laughs> and the hiring of a contractor capable of removing a wall. Also, we need eight guys. In lieu of flowers, please send donations to the Healthy at Every Size movement. You didn't gravitas. Yeah, I. You know. I, I'd say I made it about 85, 90% of the way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was going to get there. There are a few things that might've broken others, but I, I plowed through. Um, it's like a, like a cats and the plate uh, of ribs, a lot of cats, a lot. It's a lot of cats. It's a ton of cats. You know, it's, you know, something funny that I noticed in that, Brian, what some of the cats in that, um, shared the same names of some of your cats past and present. Huh. Yeah. I mean, you know, cats have a lot. Of, there's only a limited number of names you can give cats. 
Yeah, but but Moki and uh, it seems sort of specific. Uh, anyway, just sort mochi. of an interesting. Moshi. Mochi. Mochi. That's right. It's the dessert, Japanese dessert. Of course, that's also that's my what, cat. Yeah, also my <laughs> my family's cat. Yeah. Huh. It's weird how that works. That is really weird. Also, Princess Buttercup was John Mayer's cat. <laughs> and they had two cats, him and his roommate, Princess Buttercup and Cop Killer. Is that true? That is true. That's awesome. Wow. But his roommate got stuck with the cats when John got famous. Right. And then uh, AOC adopted Cop Killer. <laughs> Well, gosh, uh, I guess uh, another uh, episode ending in failure. Well, review us. And all that. And again, here's the thing I want you to do. Tell a couple of friends about this podcast. Tell them it's a funny podcast out there. Talk about what's in the news. No holds barred. Anything goes. We're just trying to make you laugh. Tell a friend, please. Are you through? No. No. And write a letter. Find uh, the local penny saver in your town. You know, perhaps uh, stage a sit-in at your school. Uh, perhaps write a play about our podcast. Uh, uh, put it on at your local community theater. Um, uh, perhaps, uh, you know, one of those airplanes with a banner over it at the beach. Talk to your local uh, elected leaders about the podcast. Let them know. Questionable material with Jack and Brian. Let them know that this is important stuff. That we can solve a lot of problems together. Now I'm done. That was Questionable Material with Jack and Brian. Subscribe on any podcast platform. Watch our clips on YouTube. Visit us at qmpodcast.com. 